0: All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the FearCast. My name is Kevin Foss. I'm a licensed clinician here in California, and I specialize in the treatment of OCD and anxiety treatment. Um, and uh, the FearCast is a podcast dedicated to just those things, OCD, anxiety, anxiety treatment, how anxiety impacts your life, and ultimately how you can try to get your life back. For all of you new listeners out there, first, welcome Thanks for listening. You caught me on a super weird episode, but I'll explain that in a moment. So, the Fearcast for all of you new listeners is a question and answer based podcast. So, if you have a question about OCD and anxiety and treatment and all that other stuff, or you have a loved one who has OCD and anxiety and you want to learn more about it, you found the right place. You can. Go over to fearcastpodcast.com and you can submit a question to me there. I will read it, I will consider it, and I will probably put it up on a future episode, uh, which uh, the vast majority of my episodes are, um, are based on a question from a listener. Uh, this one is going to be slightly different, but um, uh, before I jump into that, um, just as a bit of a housekeeping thing, uh, if you like the show, um, head over to uh, iTunes, wherever else that you get your podcasts. Uh, remember to subscribe, which is fantastic. You can also uh, give me a like, a thumbs up, a star, a hug. I don't know what the thing is at the place where you get your podcast, but uh, do that thing. That would be great. It ultimately, uh, it, it gives me the warm and fuzzies, but it also helps other people to find the show. And uh, that's ultimately what all of this is about, is to try to get good information about OCD and anxiety treatment out to y'all. All right, everybody. So as I mentioned, this is going to be a bit of a different kind of episode. So this episode is going to be on imperfection. Now, it's not going to be on perfection because we'll get to why it's not on imperfection. Excuse me, why it's not on perfection, but it's going to be on imperfection. Now, why this is a little bit different is that in order to talk about imperfection, I need to put myself in in that position of feeling imperfect. So I'm going to be recording this episode just straight through in one take, and I'm not going to edit so um, as a little bit of a background into what I typically do for an episode is uh, kind of uh, develop an idea for, uh, for a podcast. Uh, sometimes it'll be uh, just kind of stuff that I'm dealing with uh, with some of my clients or a pattern I've been seeing, or um, uh, again, I'll get a question from, a, from a, a one, one of you listeners. I'll do some basic research on it. So I'll go online, I'll uh, check some of my books, I'll talk to some colleagues, things like that to kind of get some ideas. Uh, then I'll write down an outline. for my thoughts. So my outlines, generally speaking, they, they end up being about three pages long. Today's is about three pages long as well. And um, um, then I'll 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 leave it for a couple of days, and then I'll come back. I'll review it, and um and and then I'll record. So uh so when I record, I um, sit down here in my office. I set up all the stuff, um, and then uh, I'll I'll try to record. And kind of what I do is uh I'll I'll read through some stuff on, on the outline, think about it for a second. I'll speak a little bit, and then I'll go back and I'll reread, and then kind of do that process. Or I'll sit there and go, well that doesn't make any. Sense sense. And I've tried, I'll try to research real quick, or I'll try to think about what in the heck I talked about in my outline from two days ago, or three days ago, or whatever it is. And then, um, and then I'll say a little bit of stuff. And and sometimes I cough. And sometimes, you know, my phone goes off and, and, and stuff happens, right? So then what I do is after I record, I then go back in and, you know, at night after everyone's asleep, I will, um, I'll go in and edit and that takes, you know, an hour, sometimes hour and a half, just however long it takes. Right. So once I do that, um, then I compile the whole thing into a track that I upload and then it goes out to everybody. Now I'm foregoing that process today and I'm nervous um, I'm nervous because of my own innate desire for this podcast to be as good as it possibly can. Um, so I actually want to talk just a little bit about that. So when I first put this podcast together, gosh, about uh, a little over a year and a half ago, um, I, I knew what I wanted it to sound like and knew what it, kind of what I wanted it to be. And I still don't know if that pod, if the podcast is that just yet, but you know, we're, we're, we're getting there. It's a work in progress, but um, I don't know about you but there's a lot of terrible podcasts out there that sound bad that are boring um, that just the audio quality I, I, I like to think I do music okay and um, I like things that sound good so if it didn't sound good or didn't sound professional you know I'll, I'll go 30 seconds into a podcast and I'm like I'm done if it just sucks So I was worried that when I started the podcast that, um, uh, it was going to just sound bad um I, I i was afraid about how the show would be received about how people you know whether anybody would listen or whether whether anybody would uh, think it was any good um and I, I had this fear that other people would say that it was just terrible they would compare us compare it to uh, other uh ocd or anxiety podcasts out there um and, and really, that was just my what I will call my crazy man voice. It's that little anxious voice in the back of my head that talks about how terrible I am. And I think um, you all, listeners, uh, know what that little voice sounds like. Um, but with all of that said, I, had a, um, I got some advice from, uh, from a good friend, and uh, this just kind of resonated in my head. Um, and it was this. It was that no one has my voice. And, and honestly, I, I wrote that on a piece of paper, I put it on a little post-it and stuck it up above my, um, the, the place where I was doing my recording. Now, um, it, it it doesn't mean that my voice is better than others. It doesn't mean that my brain is better than others. Um, it doesn't always mean that, that I'm going to be always right or successful. Um, but it's that no one, no one thinks or sounds like me. And for better or for worse it gave me some of the basis or gave me some of the encouragement to go and give this a try. So I want to try to make this as best as I possibly can. And you know what? This episode about imperfection uh, is going to be putting a little bit of that to the test and putting me out there just a little bit. So uh, if you're still listening, fantastic. Uh, Hold on through what we're going to be doing today. I'm going to be talking a little bit about what imperfection is, a little bit about how perfectionism shows up for us. A little bit about how we can start to combat perfectionism in our life, and then I want to issue a little bit of a challenge, and I'll talk about what that challenge could look like if you're willing to do it. All right, so, where the heck in my notes? All right, so, obviously, when I'm talking about imperfection and vulnerability, I'm going to be going back to Brene Brown stuff. Um, so I, I just really like her definition when she talks about imperfection or perfection, rather, she says perfection. It's, and I'm going to paraphrase a lot of this. It's an attempt to avoid feeling the pain of shame, guilt, or failure. So it's a defensive move to protect ourselves from feeling these awful feelings. Now she always puts things in a relational frame. Um, and I, I, I tend to think that that's true for, for this, especially too. It's that it's you know, when, when we want to be perfect, we're trying to fight against the possibility that we're going to feel guilty or we're going to screw up or that what other people are going to think, things like that. So she also talks about perfectionism is an unattainable goal. We're just simply never going to get there. And that's hard for a lot of us to, to, to reconcile with because we, we have these notions that uh, we can be or that we, more importantly, that we should be. Now, she also says it's addictive and self-serving. And I think this is is so incredibly true. And so, uh, um, I I think we can all think about, well, some of us can think about examples where that's true in their lives. Um, If you can kind of think about it, there's a... I'm here reading my notes because I got lost in the whole thing. So, again, I apologize. Oh, yeah. So, when we're talking about... um, uh, perfectionism being addictive is that you know we 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 fight and we struggle and we write and we work to try to make whatever we're doing as perfect as we can, and here's the problem: just like compulsions for all anxiety, is that sometimes it works. So it's that perfectionism can actually yield positive results, right? Which feels fantastic. Um, And we often get a lot of praise for it. We might get praise from our teachers or our loved ones, our parents. Uh, We get praise from our bosses or, you know, uh, friends, stuff like that. And that feels wonderful. Um, And at the very least, it it makes us feel like the work that we put in was worth it. Um, But then what happens over time is that um, despite our efforts of continuing to put that in to try to now maintain this feeling like we are perfect or can be perfect— we realize that, that we just simply can't attain it. And after doing that, after failing, we blame ourselves. We assume that we failed in some awful, terrible way. Um, and that we're faced with that pain and the, and the fear that, that, that we aren't enough. We aren't enough in the eyes of others or we aren't enough in this. the eyes of ourselves. This perception that we are supposed to be this person or this idea or this success story And that can be incredibly hard. So with that being said, perfectionism, or continuing on with that, perfectionism from Brandon Brown's perspective, what what it's not, it is not self-improvement. Now, there's going to be some overlap here, but, but they definitely aren't the same. Um. So self-improvement includes a kind of reasonable attempts to sharpen our skills, um, but it doesn't have this delusion of perfection. Now, we'll talk a little bit about self-improvement later on, because I've, I have nothing against self-improvement, and I don't think you should either, but let's not fall into that delusion that that, that self-improvement and perfection are, are one and the same, or that um, striving for perfection is the only way that we get to uh, um, uh, self-improvement. Um, what it's not, also not, it's not striving for excellence. So uh, this is another thing that we say to ourselves. You know, perfectionism is a it's a desperate attempt to not feel shame, or uh, or, or failure, and to kind of achieve that that approval. Kind of you think about this. the 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 phrase "I'm not good enough unless I blank" is kind of at its core. So, lastly, here's something that perfectionism is not. Uh, it's not the key to success. Um, and again, we'll talk a little bit more about this later on. But striving for perfection, beating your head against the wall, trying to be perfect, it isn't how we can have success or isn't the only means of success. Whereas um, perhaps we fall into that delusion or we buy into that lie somewhere along the lines that that is the only way that we can be perfect perfect or that we can uh, succeed um so so with all that said um kind of want to talk just briefly about, you know, some ways that we find perfectionism showing up. So if you're listening to this episode, you might experience some elements of perfectionism in your life. Um, so we'll just go through a couple of these examples. And I should say, by the way, if I missed something in this uh, episode about perfectionism, uh, something, or you want to share something about your experience with, with perfectionism, um, go over to fearcastpodcast.com or you can find me over at Instagram. I think I'm fearcastpodcast over there as well. Um, let me know how you experienced imperfection. And uh, I'll, I'll tack that on to another episode, uh, if you're so willing to share or call me out for where I screwed up and completely missed something. So I think perfectionism really first starts showing up for us in school. Um, and kind of the idea here is, you know, if I work hard enough, I'll never have to feel the pain of getting a B. Or I, I fear that I'm not or, or that uh, I'll never have to face the, that pain of the fear that I'm not smart enough, which can also be terrifying. This idea again, that, that kind of the second one kind of speaks to this idea of who we are. I'm the smart kid. But man, if I get to be, oh, no. Right. So and that, by the way, that can be arbitrary. That can be C's. Right? Um, I, I had this perception in high school that I can't get a C. I, I successfully did it, but but just just barely. And really, just because I didn't get a C doesn't mean that I was the smartest person alive. Um, but for for perfectionism, it's that we, we we we're fighting against this this fear of pain. Now you might see perfectionism at work, and, and this is kind of the idea that you know if I if I just craft this presentation perfectly i'll get the promotion i'll achieve success and people will see and say how awesome and how smart i am um you see perfectionism as a parent um that I have to be all things to my kids and never hurt their feelings or never be considered a bad parent. Um, Because if I do something that you know, if I if I'm if I'm lacking in some area, um, or I'm just not 100%, I'll be seen as the bad guy, and, and they won't love me. We see perfectionism similarly in relationships. I have to be beautiful, I have to be romantic and charismatic and attentive and responsive and caring and fun and great in bed, or they'll leave me and I'll be alone. Or they, you know, they'll just, uh, or they'll have a wandering eye, right? As they say, or they'll just think, they'll just go, yeah, they're, they're okay. <sighs> and they'll not give you that validation that you're so wonderful, right? Um, so two more examples there's kind of perfectionism with God as well for um, for any religious folks out there. It's this idea that you have to pray perfectly, you have to do all the rituals and ceremonies uh, with a perfect heart, with a moral character, um, and, and present as a perfect Christian or Jew or Muslim or Sikh or Hindu, uh, or I won't be good enough with God or others won't think that I'm this religious badass, right? So, could be a lot of those different things. Now, again, that, that last one certainly resonates with uh, scrupulosity, if you've listened to some of those episodes or heard, well, if you've heard me yammer on about it, you certainly if you have. But um, now, the, the last one I just tacked on today um, is uh, perfectionism with looks. And this is commonly sold in our society. I mean, uh, living in America is that, you know, people want to be perfect, right? But they try to talk about it out of two sides of their mouth, which is, it, it's really, I'll say frustrating and and weird that it it shows up in in, in two different ways. Um, On the one side is that, you know, we should love and accept ourselves for who we are, what we are, how we look as we are, all of those things, right? But hey, you know, if you can look better, shouldn't you? Also, here's a little something that can make you look a little bit better. And it's probably 20 bucks or 50 bucks or a thousand bucks. I don't know. But it's it's kind of tough to ride this line between, you know, you you hear people saying, "Well, just accept yourself as you are." But shouldn't you also try to be better? I don't know. It's 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 a it's a weird it's a weird position to put yourself in. But again, this comes down to feeling accepted, feeling seen, and feeling whole. If I'm beautiful, if I'm attractive, if others then other people will see me. They will acknowledge me, and I'll I'll either get the affirmation from other people or i'll just have this this innate sense that i'm now okay and i'm a full person um and that is going to be this endless process that is incredibly frustrating um that i think all of us are stuck in i mean if we're going to be honest all of us are stuck in that cycle um and as I was putting this episode together, I was kind of thinking about, I mean, one of the, one of the biggest ways that I see perfectionism as well is, is in the idea of, of, of art. Um, if you think about art is that, um, you know, it's this thing that you're creatively putting together, someone is creatively putting it together. But it's this idea, that it's, some, it's, it's never done. If you ever talk to an artist about, you know, how they know that it's done, is that they'll, they'll say it, it's never really done. They just kind of decide that it's done which is kind of a weird way to think about it. You think that there's a masterpiece and, you know, um, the, the, the Mona Lisa, Michelangelo's David, I don't know, all those things is that it, we, we say it, it's, it's perfect. But I'm willing to bet that if you were to ask those artists what they think about it, they'd probably say, ah, oh, man, I wish I could have changed this, or I would add a little bit over here, or oh, I did too much over there, and I'd want to just undo that. It's that it, they, they feel like it, it, it's never going to be done. I mean, even you know musicians will think that, it's, that, that their project is never done, and they can spend weeks and months and years trying to put a song or an album together. Um, and ultimately, it just kind of drives them crazy. Um, the, the biggest example of this is, for me, has got to be George Lucas and Star Wars. Um, I, for one, am happy that um, Disney bought Star Wars and took it away from George Lucas because he keeps ruining his own masterpiece. Um, that man just can't be bothered to just keep fixing in his mind, fixing and fixing and fixing and adding and adding to, you know, as if that Star Wars need, needed to be better. It was fine. It yeah, it looked dated after some time. But you know what? That's why people like it. Anyways, I could go on and on. And this is this this one little piece this is an aside. This makes me sound like I'm the biggest Star Wars nerd. I'm really not. I'm. I just rail against the idea that that it that this thing that everyone loves somehow it isn't good enough. Um, i don't know it's just crazy and i'm just glad that um george lucas is far away from it we are all we're all better as people i think we can you know look to your left look to your right if you see people around you just kind of nod to them and just know we're all safe now everybody we're safe so um so uh, back to perfectionism um i also learned a really long time and i'm really glad i learned this is that um I learned from a professional musician. He said this. I thought it was so I think it's still so brilliant. Every musician will die trying to get better. So think about every musician you've ever thought about. Every band that is super good that you love, they're going to die trying to get better if they're genuinely passionate about their music and their art. They they always are trying to just be a little bit better. And if they fall into the perfectionism mindset, they're going to drive themselves insane. However, if they can accept, man, if they can accept some of the stuff that we're going to talk about here and, and acknowledge that they're never going to get to that perfect place because with art, with people, you and me, we're never done. And that's okay. Things don't need to be perfect for it to be good and effective and love, loved and lovable. All right. Um... Typically, I'd try to think about a super good transition here. I'm not. So how do you combat perfectionism? We're just going to get there. So one of the biggest ways to do or one of the biggest things to do is to accept vulnerability or is to lean into being vulnerable. And again, that's what I'm trying to do today uh, because vulnerability sucks. Um, I think we can all acknowledge that it involves feeling. And you know, my policy on feelings, feelings are stupid and they're awful. No one wants them. Um, But unfortunately, we have them and we have to find a way to deal with them. All right, so vulnerability is one of the biggest things that you're going to have to do to combat perfectionism. Now, if you listened to the episode on shame and guilt, we talked a little bit about this. So vulnerability ultimately just means uh, 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 being open to unwanted feelings or being open uh, uh, to attack, in in, in a sense. Um, Recognizing that the feelings won't kill you and that, uh, failure, failure isn't the end of you. It, and it's not the end of the world. So vulnerability, again, is being open to an attack from an outside source. It's not weakness, though. Weakness is being a is being unable to sustain the attack being unable to tolerate it. And ultimately, that if anybody attacks you, or judges you or criticizes you in the least bit, that you just crumble to the ground, right? That's, that's, that's being weak, being vulnerable. You can be vulnerable and flexible, vulnerable and strong in that you can you can take that criticism and you can acknowledge it, absorb it and keep moving through it or even learn something from it. Um, and so to, to this element of vulnerability, it's that um, I've had to reflect on, on this for this episode is that, um, you know, kind of a combination in my crazy man brain um and uh and maybe some reality checking and things like that is that i I have to recognize that i may face criticism for this episode so uh maybe that some some listeners might think that it's not as good or that i should edit or that um i don't know they might think that my edits just aren't that good anyways, which is also very possible. I'm not a professional at this, but I'm I'm getting better. Um, I also say um a lot. In my edits, I recognize that I say um a lot and so. I say um and so all the damn time. Now you're going to catch it. You're going to pay attention. You're going to write me and tell me how awful it is. All right. But I also recognize that my... <laughs> though I might get some criticism my, my listeners o- overall all of you wonderful people out there you, you guys are really kind and you guys are really nice and you're really um, uh, 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 appreciative and and I greatly appreciate appreciate all of that um, and, I, and I, I realize in that that um, because of, of the kindheartedness of my listeners that it's highly unlikely that you guys are going to email me and say, Dang it, Kevin! That was the worst episode you've ever done. Uh, it sounded terrible, um, like you may be thinking it. But I, I'm going to have to sit with that. I'm going to sit with that, and and that's my my exercise in vulnerability, is to to feel that 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 weight. And once I finish this and send it out to the universe, we'll see. So, um, all right, moving on to the next part is uh, one of the, uh, another way that you can combat perfectionism is write down your feared expectation. So writing down your feared expectation, practicing vulnerability then, and see if your anxiety was right. So see if that feared expectation was right. So think about this, is that what do you think will happen if you are 1% or maybe like 10% less than perfect? Write that down, because we want to be putting this to the test. We want to be putting our crazy man brain to the test sometimes and seeing if it's right, because if it's not, you need to remind ourselves that, man, our crazy man brain is not right and is inaccurate. Um, and if that's the case, do I need to be paying attention to my crazy man brain as much as I do? So, we'll get to a little bit of that more in, in the challenge. So, another thing that we could do, so number three, how do we combat perfectionism? Through self-compassion. So, acknowledging everybody that I'm Okay. I'm not perfect and that's okay because really who, who among us is perfect? Um, no one. My answer to that is no one. Um, we're, we're, we're all kind of, uh, uh, we're all trying for our best. Um, and we're hoping it works. Um, so recognizing that we're, we're never going to be that, that perfect person or achieve that thing with perfection. Um, now, if, you, if, you, if I asked that question about, you know, who among us is perfect, and you thought about a person um, that, that you know, or someone like that, uh, like, short of a religious uh, uh, character, okay, those people don't count in this story. Um, but like people you know, or people that you know of, um, I'm, if you thought about that person, I'm going to guarantee that they're not perfect. They, 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 they just aren't. And I'm willing to bet that they aren't. All right. If you will, we'll, uh, if you email me and say, "Hey, yo, this person's uh, perfect," uh, we'll get to the bottom of it, and um, I'm going to win. Uh, so we're going to put some money on that, and I'm going to take you for everything. Um, all right. Next, um, we can. Com- we 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 desperately need to combat our comparison distortions. Okay. Uh, our, our brain is going to try to compare the quality of our work or, or whatever's the quality of our character, the quality of our love, the quality of our. Um, I don't know, fill in the blank, art, um, with other people. And very often our anxiety um, or our self-deprecation or our shame is going to place us under that other person or other uh, under that, that, that person that we're comparing ourselves to. We need to remember that we're not them. We aren't them. And that's okay. Remember, just because the other person is doing something different than us— or has had a success that we didn't doesn't mean that they are better people, and that you aren't a worthy person or good person or successful or talented. Um, our comparison ultimately should only be to how we did yesterday, or how we did just before this. So, we're, 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 we're striving against ourselves in, in, in practicing improvement, now with other people i think that we can take inspiration from other people um we can see what other people are doing we can see the successes other people are having and go man that looks awesome i want to try to get a little bit of that or that they are so good at that that's amazing and that that awareness or 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 uh um taking that inspiration can be exciting and can galvanize you to work towards self-improvement so long as self-improvement is the mindset but be cautious because this can also very easily turn into jealousy which again is that kind of um it's 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 the requirement it's that either i need to be that in order to be better or i need to tear that person down because i'm not whole unless if there's someone above me so kind of be cautious about that but I'll also say this, and the therapist pointed this out this out to me a while ago, is that uh, in, in in that idea of comparison, there's always going to be someone out there who's better than us, um, and the, the, some of these people out there, they're just these people who everything just comes easy to them, it would seem, um, and you know they can do all the things that we want, and they can be successful in ways that we can dream about, and um, and and all of these things. Um, and that can drive us to going bonkers, I'll say, but where we try to push ourselves too stinking hard and it just starts to bowl us over or we start to beat ourselves up and just, you know, we, we fall into that negative side uh, of the comparison and just say how terrible we are, how we're never going to improve, blah, 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 blah. Um, I'll say this about that person, whoever everything seems to uh, come easy to. Um, I, this is a, a clinical way of saying this. F that person. Um, yeah, simply put, just F that person. There are people out there who are just freaks of nature uh, and that um, we we ultimately are going to be beating our head against the wall, trying to come close to their success. And and we may not be able to. But again, remembering that the person who we're striving against is ourself from yesterday. Am I working in a more consistent fashion with my values? Am I doing things that are important to me? And am I improving in my skills in, uh, um, in a way that I think is valuable and meaningful? Um, as a, a dumb example, um, to, to this genetic freak idea, uh, there's a TV show or something like that, I'm, I'm blanking on the name of the show, but it said, Uh, someone came up to another person who is like objectively beautiful or they had like fantastic hair or skin and they said something like, oh my gosh, I love your hair. And the person just looked at them and just said, "Um, it's genetic and unattainable. And just kind of shut them down right there. Because oftentimes if we go up to someone and say like, oh my gosh, I love your hair. They're like, oh, thank you. I'm washing it with this now or whatever it is. Or oh my gosh, you look great. Like, oh, thank you so much. I'm exercising and dieting or whatever it is some people are just genetic freaks and we can't beat them and that's that's okay you're you and be you be the best version of you all right lastly no not lastly continuing to move on practicing good enoughness so this is to the idea of art deciding that you're done remember that um that there's nothing we can do to be perfect at and that we never will be so we can practice being good enough. We can't be perfect students because there's always something else we can learn or always something else that we can do. We can't be perfect sons and daughters because there's always something else we can do within our relationships with our parents. We can't be perfect wives, husband, boyfriend, girlfriend, because there's always something else that we can do for our partner or to love our partner better. We can't be perfect professionals because there's always something else that we could have added to the presentation or that uh, is going to move us forward, uh, in, 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 business. Um, and we can't be perfect parents cause there's always, um, another and better way that we could have done something to raise our kids. And, um, and as they say, all of us need to give our kids something to talk about in their own therapy. So give yourself a little bit of credit. Now I will say this though, one, another way that we can, um, combat perfectionism, we can strive for improvement. So, for, uh, so, from Brene Brown, she talks about healthy striving is self-focused. It's The question is, how can I improve? What can I do to get better? Perfectionism, on the other hand, is, is other-focused. What will they think? She also says perfectionism is a hustle. It's exhausting. So, striving for improvement... From ourselves. Again, that's the self comparison. All right, everybody. Now, here's the challenge bit. All right, I've gotten through all of this and I've yammered on, and it's already longer than I thought it was going to be. We're already in this. We're, we're getting close to the end. This is what I do when I record. I just yammer and yammer and yammer, and then I just tighten it up, and I hope it sounds okay. All right, so here's the challenge, everybody. If you are listening to this episode and you are struggling with perfectionism in some way, I want you to be honest with yourself about how you're trying to be perfect. Where and how are you trying to be perfect? I want you to think then about what you're afraid of happening if you aren't perfect. What do you fear is gonna happen? What will people think? What will the result be? How will it tarnish your relationships? How will it tarnish your character? And this is all, it doesn't need to be rational. This is your feared brain. This is your crazy brain talking. So, what does it say is going to happen? Write that down. Now, one way that we can start to challenge this is to, you know, think about others in your similar situation who aren't perfect. Again, we we know those people, right? Um, Maybe these are people that you still respect or people that you still, you know, uh, admire, um, but in a similar position. Um, How do people treat them? Oh, these are people who also in your similar position who you know aren't perfect. Right? We usually have this um, extra compassion for other people or understanding that other people, you know, it's the double standard. Other people can have flaws except for us, right? So the dumb thing our anxiety does to us. All right. So think about this other person. How do people treat them? Do they just say how awful and terrible and stupid they are? How much of a failure they are? How do they treat them? Do they still treat them with you know respect? Do they still treat them like they're a real person? Do they treat them like they're still good enough? And all of that? Also think about do others at the top of your game, at the top of the field, w- whatever it is, I know this is very, very broad. Um, but others who are at the top of the frame, do do they have cracks and flaws? Are they imperfect? The people who are incredibly successful who are doing all the things that person that you're comparing yourself to um, do we discount them in their success because of their cracks and flaws do we say they're terrible because of those cracks and flaws that's one of the ways to challenge them and generally speaking we we don't we don't we we, we give them the benefit of the doubt whereas for us we don't for ourselves we don't give ourselves the benefit of the doubt All right. So here's the challenge. Think about this, everybody. How can you push against your internal drive for perfection this week? What could you do? And think about what would it mean to pull back just even 1%? I don't want to go crazy and go 10%, just 1%. It's just a little bit. What would you do to pull back a little bit? And if you did, what do you think would happen? Again, going back to that question of what are you afraid of happening? So, and then once you've done that, practice the vulnerability. Try to pull back by 1% and see what happens. And then be honest with yourself about what actually happened. We have a tendency to focus on the negative, tendency to focus on, um, we have confirmation bias and we're trying to just say, ah, see, you know, a half a percent of what I feared was going to happen, happened. So therefore, the whole thing happened. It's all terrible, right? A half percent of the worst case scenario happening is still pretty stinking good, everybody. All right. So, and then think about, was it as catastrophic as you thought? Now, also think about, how did it feel then to not force yourself to be perfect? To not go that extra little bit to try to be perfect? um, And to try to achieve that perfection? How much time and energy and emotion did you save because you backed off just that little bit? How much? I'll tell you one thing. What I'm what I'm saving myself is an hour and a half or two hours of editing. That's what I'm saving. What could I do with an extra two hours? A lot. You know what I could do? I could go to bed at a reasonable time. If I sound tired, it's because I am. Um, the 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 wife and the baby are both sick. They have a cold. I was the one who brought the disease into the house, so I am patient zero. But I'm losing sleep, so I'm the victim here, right? Um, but think about for yourself. What what did you what did you get back? because you backed off by 1% or 2% or 5%. What I so often hear from people who go through OCD and anxiety treatment is that when they push, push, push through treatment and they they cut back on their compulsions all this time, they go, I have all this time now. I have so much more free time because I'm not checking the, the car door 15 times or I'm not... I'm not washing my hands a gazillion times, or I'm not taking off my shirt and putting it back on and trying out on another one or whatever the compulsions are, right? What will you gain? And what had you gained from backing off and not being perfect? So, so that's my challenge to you, everybody. Now, if you try this, email me and again you can do this anonymously I should say this you can do this anonymously you can give me a fake name I actually specifically if you check out the form on the fearcast podcast page it says what what your real name is (coughs) excuse me I do need to have your email email address and name for legal reasons excuse me ethical reasons things like that but give me a fake name say your name is uh Burt Macklin for all I care I don't but that's the one I'll I'll share But tell me how it went. Did it go as bad? If it went catastrophically, I also want to know because um, we'll chat about it. But um, try it out, everybody. And see if it works. The only way that you know this is going to work is if you try it. So, um, you know, I'll say this. I think the only editing thing that I'll do at the end of this episode uh, is tack on the music somewhere. So I'll probably add that somewhere around here if it's not already in. But um, I just want to thank everybody for making it through this episode. Um, you did it I hope it wasn't awful But it might be I'm going to have to sit with that possibility That it's the worst episode that I'm ever going to do And that no one else is going to listen And I'm going to look at my stats for all my stupid episodes And this this one's going to be like three and like my mom will listen to it um, And like two other people will accidentally listen to it um, and, and that's the way it's going to be So this is the end of the podcast everybody apparently um, But um, Thank you for listening. If you have a question for a future episode, next week I'm getting or next time I do an episode I'm gonna be getting back to questions. I got a ton of questions over the Christmas break and they keep coming in. Thank you all for sending them in. Um, Check me out over at fearcastpodcast.com. Again, because, again, I'm the victim. My uh, my wife and kid are, uh, are sick. So I haven't been able to put a whole lot on the Instagrams lately. But check me out over at the Instagrams. Um, uh, subscribe, all those things. You know how it all goes. Thank you all again. Uh, please remember that uh, the Fearcast Podcast is not a substitute for psychotherapy. If you have questions about treatment or need a little bit of help and support in your treatment, go to fearcastpodcast.com. Uh, there's going to be some links and some stuff. Uh, Uh, for help there all right everybody until next time take a risk challenge yourself and don't take your brain too seriously bye